0: The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647-US12-WEST in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Praise the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Thank you that we can gather and do that this morning. Um, thank you, Lord, even that we can be prepared for the fight, uh, and get ready to fight it on our knees. Uh, Lord, would you powerfully minister, uh, as we open your word, I pray in your name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to change things up on you today. So whatever you need to do to get your mind in gear, we're going to have the message now. Can you handle that here? Are you ready? I know, you, I know your mindset, you got to turn, turn, speed things up a little bit. I do have to go th- through just a couple of announcements before we do that. First of all, I was sitting in church uh, on the first Sunday of uh, October with my son, uh, Wyoming, and uh, they said, hey, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And we haven't done a thing about it, so I thought I'd tell you how wonderful I think I am uh, to know. I'm just kidding. Actually, I was sitting there, and I was thinking, last year, I don't know if any of you will remember this, but it was five weeks of, aren't these people wonderful? I was so sick of it. Uh, It it just was really hard to uh, go against it. And uh, so I was sitting there, and when they did this, I thought, boy, I'm so thankful nobody has said a word about Pastor Appreciation Month this year. Got back, and Dennis said, hey, we need to have Pastor Appreciation uh, Day. And I said, how about no? I feel like, honestly, we did that last year. I had a a month off this summer, a special gift. I thought, I feel very appreciated. I'm over-appreciated. I just couldn't handle any more appreciation. And we stuck with that, but then I got thinking to myself, uh, you are really being selfish, poor Pastor Josh. He did not have uh, a a month off this this summer, Pastor appreciation, so we really ought to say something about that. Now, Pastor Josh and Curtis are out somewhere (laughs) if you think you're cold, uh, they are elk hunting in the mountains of Colorado right now. And I just get a chuckle every time I think about it, uh, that they're out there. But, uh, I thought it'd be great if we, uh, had a little gift for him when he came back. So there's a box along with the regular offering boxes. The regular offering boxes are by both doors, but out by this door, there's one that says pastor Josh and it'd be a great place to, uh, I, I sent out a note this week. If you're not prepared for that, he won't be back till Saturday. We're going to do this next Sunday, so you can still turn in something. If you want to get him a gift card or just throw some money at him. By the way, that box is empty, so if you need money and somebody puts it in there ahead of you, you can, I mean, it's, it's not locked. Uh, but uh, Or if you want to, the most important thing, really, would be he, I'm sure he'd just love to hear a note, you know, something like that. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so, Pastor, don't forget about that uh, this week. Trunk or treat tonight. The weather is going to be good. Maybe. Uh, I've I've been watching it, and it's kind of iffy. So we're moving everything that we can inside. The trunks are still planning on being outside. The hayride, we are still planning for, unless it pours, uh, to go with the hayride. And I still want to set up my little fire pit and have marshmallows and s'mores. Uh, So we're still planning on going uh, 5.30 to 7 tonight. I said that right? Yes, uh, correct. And, uh, you know, if it does rain, we'll Bring everybody inside and throw some candy at you in here. But we got the bounce house coming. We have a lot of stuff going on inside. And uh, have a good time with that. Uh, Pastor Josh asked me to announce mission trip money is due today. So, teens, if you brought that, Hannah is actually down the hallway uh, with the kids this morning. But she will be around. And you want to find her with that. And then this Friday is a small, small, sp, spa ministry night. Uh, might be a small ministry night somewhere, too. But here it's the spa ministry night where uh, they meet and have like a game night and a meal with the ladies from the spa ministry down in Elkhart. If you need any details on that, Stacy could probably help you out there uh, and, uh, and let you know. But hopefully some of you uh, will want to be part of that. Okay, you ready? I need to breathe just a little bit and uh, get to the message here. I'm sure I forgot something, but we'll be all right. Okay, feel, I'm, a little, I'm feeling a little discombobulated, okay? Maybe I need to stop and pray again, because I'm not used to pre- preaching right now, and you know how disoriented I get. And now my notes are in Spanish. Okay, um, <laughs> that could be a problem. No. When I was a teenager, I had a youth pastor who loved this phrase. Now, he was not Spanish. Uh, he did not have a very good Spanish accent, much like me. Uh, he knew about as much Spanish as I did, but he would always in his sermons— now. I don't want to offend anybody with the way I pronounce this, because I'm telling you, he didn't know Spanish. I don't know Spanish. I want to confess that ahead of time. But he would always in his sermon stop and to get our attention back, the teenagers, he'd say, All right, now, folks, lo más importante. Now, again, none of us see we where we're like, what in the world is he saying? But what he was saying is, you can't miss this, this is the most important thing. Lo más importante. This week um, we have this is the last of a series of sermons that we're doing on topics. We're going to start a series in Galatians next week and and go back to that. But the topic was family. So on Monday mornings I typically get up and uh, I'll do my studying off site, uh, either at home or sometimes it's in Martins or something like that. Uh, and uh, I, that's the I normally don't get in here first thing on Monday morning, but. Because we're doing the family, I knew I had a couple books here that I forgot to take home on the family. So I headed out this way early in the morning to pick up those books. And driving along this past Monday morning, the sun was coming up. It was incredible. Those leaves this week. I know we're losing them now, but this was the peak right here. Uh, so I'm driving along, and I was coming up, I guess, Adams Road, and I was over by uh, Norwood, and I pulled in by the soccer fields there, and I thought, I just have to take this in for a little bit. See the see the sun come up and watch the, uh, watch the leaves light up, and it was beautiful. And I thought, I know one of the things I'm going to do in preparation for this week is I want to read in Ephesians, because we're going to talk about family. There's a passage in Ephesians uh, that gives what— I call the rules for relationships. You might be familiar. Husbands love, wives submit, children obey, parents don't exasperate. And it goes on with servants and and masters. And that passage, I think Paul kind of cut and pasted it over into Colossians 2. It's in both of those uh, epistles, uh, which are sometimes called the sister epistles. And uh, he so so I thought, I'm going to read Ephesians. So I'm sitting there looking at the colors, and I thought, I'm going to read through Ephesians. Uh, just to set the stage there. So I started in chapter one, it's only six chapters and I got reading. And to be very honest with you, I never got to that passage in five and six that talks about the family. And I came up with it, with this, and it, it just impressed upon me. This is the most important thing here. This is lo mas importante. Uh, so we are going, uh, if that was offensive, I'm sorry. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and read through a part of Ephesians chapter three here. Actually, I want to stop for a little bit on these first two verses. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. Now, I got to that phrase, and I like to try when I see for this reason, okay, what is the reason? And I look back through the first couple chapters, the first three chapters of Ephesians, and I'd already circled a bunch of phrases like this. In Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. He has redeemed us. He has forgiven us. We have the riches of his grace, a glorious inheritance, the immeasurable greatness of his power. He has made us alive. Uh, He uh, he is making peace, making us at peace with God. He is our cornerstone. And my personal favorite from earlier in chapter three, we had the unsearchable riches of Christ. And I read through that, and I thought about what we have in him, who we are in him. And uh, he says, because of what Jesus has done, because he has adopted us into his family, redeemed us, said, "You here, here's my power available to you, unsearchable riches. Because of that, I'm going to bow my knee. And this is a little bit of a side too, but just a basic note on prayer. He starts by saying, I bow my knee before the father of whom everyone, our, every family in heaven and earth is named. He stop, starts with praise. When Jesus was asked how to pray, he did the same thing to his disciples. He says, first thing you do is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's start with that. And a great way to begin your prayers is by always recognizing to whom it is that you're speaking. Our Father. I have a brother-in-law who is a Messianic Jew. Long story, I'll tell you sometime. But, uh, but he uh, he'll always prayed before meals. And he, and he begins by saying, uh, <laughs> I do, do remember it, but uh, I wrote it down here. Uh, he, he'll, he will always say the king of the universe. Uh, he says, um, where, where is it? Anybody know where my notes are? Here they, here they are. It's a blessed art thou king of the universe. He always starts, who has brought forth a bounty. blessed art art thou king of the universe start with that well the apostle paul says i'm going to pray and when i do we're going to start by recognizing to whom it is that we are praying okay now let me go on with the text here and see what he prays he says that according to the riches of his glory okay here's what i'm praying for you folks here at the church at ephesus that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now I want to go back through those four verses in a couple minutes before I do that. I want to take a minute and give what I think would be more the, if you want to say the standard, hey, just some family tips. And uh, I'm going to address specifically, I guess, parenting for a few minutes here. But please, if you say, well, I'm not a parent anymore, I'm not a grandparent or anything like that, I think you'll see that this message is not just for that at all. In fact, not in any way. But we are going to take a few minutes and talk about some things as far as parenting is concerned. There are some things that you can and you should do. Okay. very simply, just being the old pastor guy gets to talk to you like the old guy for a second. These are some things you ought to do in in, in our families. One thing we ought to teach Bible truth. Okay, I brought this up here. This is my wife's favorite little book here. If you have uh, been part of our church and you had a baby shower, you probably got one of these because my wife loves these things. Read, a, and if you didn't, don't be mad. Talk to her. Uh, but uh, but uh, read aloud Bible stories. She loves these things because she remembers reading this to our kids, and she rem- remembers that, so she wants everybody to have that same experience. I hesitate somewhat to use the word stories. The reason why I put truth up there is I don't ever want people to get the impression that the stories are somehow like myths. You know what I'm saying? I want to say, hey, no, Noah was real. <laughs> Jonah, that's real. Adam, Eve, real. Uh, so I did not want you to think, but they are the, the Bible stories that, that we have. I'd teach them. That ought to be part of our lives. The second thing we ought to do, we ought to encourage kids to memorize. Listen, ask me, ask me to quote John chapter 3. Well, since you asked. Um, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? I could go on. John 1, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, you want some Old Testament? Isaiah 50. Aren't I amazing? Uh, Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before me as a tender plant, as a root of a dry crime, Here's what I want to tell you about that. I memorized all three of those when I was a teenager. Okay, I don't review them. They stick. They stuck. They're there. Now uh, I could, you know, with some other random verses I learned as a, as a teenager, uh, I can hold on to those. Now. Help me today. Chris, I was thinking about this morning when you preached last. The verse that you preached on, I read the week before, and I was so excited about that verse uh, that I wrote it uh, in my journal. I was trying to remember it this morning. No clue. It, It was in Chronicles, right? You don't know. Uh, The Chronicles. Okay. And I thought, I can't remember these things anymore. I tried about 15 years ago to memorize the book of Philippians, and I finally got where I could go all the way through chapter one. It took a long time. And then I left it for a few minutes and went to chapter two, and after a couple days tried to go back to chapter one. No clue. I couldn't tell you how it starts now. What I am saying is, when the kids are young, great time to teach them to memorize okay? I'm just saying it gets harder. That's the message there. But those things, they're, they're you know, that are, I learned as a kid, they're in there. Okay, third thing uh, that I said is w- that we want to make sure that we're doing is teaching apologetics. Now, you may not know what apologetics are. Basically, it is the idea of why we believe what we believe, why we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, why we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, why we believe in, that there is a God, uh, all those things like that. And you might be thinking, well, I can't teach that. I don't know that. Listen real quickly for a second. Uh, both my kids grew up loving to place, soccer. I've never played soccer. In fact, for most of my life, till I got my new hip, I couldn't even kick soccer style. It didn't turn that way. I had to toe kick everything. However, because my kids love to play soccer, guess what I learned about? Soccer. And I coached soccer from the time they were in first grade till they were in eighth grade. Uh, Because why? Because kids loved it. I wanted to get in it. What I'm saying is we figure out a way to learn what we want to learn we ought to get this. Uh, Answers in Genesis, a great resource there as far as uh, apologetics goes. Just wanted to mention that. A fourth thing is uh, stress obedience. I say that because that's what the Bible does. Again, in both Ephesians and Colossians, what's the Bible say children should do? They should obey. I don't know how many times I can I can remember sitting with my children and saying, listen, Uh, Daddy is going to punish you right now because daddy needs to obey Jesus because he wants you to obey Jesus because Jesus loves you, and obedience is the very best thing for you to learn. And we want children to learn to obey so that they'll obey us now so that they'll obey God uh, later, understand what obedience is. Crucial, very important. Fifth thing, emphasize character. I mean, the list could go on. I just have these five things, but I was thinking about, you know, just teaching kids to tell the truth, teaching kids to work hard, You know, just things that go with character and integrity. These are all things that we can and should do. All right. However, let me go back to my passage here for a second, because I do think we could say that there is something more important. And when I read the prayer of Paul there that he prayed for the church, I thought, man, how crucial this is that we learn to emphasize not just the physical things, but that we also learn to emphasize, if you will, their spiritual life, and especially when it comes to praying. I'll get into this more later, but how I want to pray, how I want to uh, um, um, Whatever I want to say there. Okay, so the first thing that they need. I could have said heart for, full of Jesus. That, that would have made good sense. I kind of like gut here for a second. First thing that we want, our, uh, and this goes to our kids, this goes to everybody that we want to pray for. We want them to get a get gut full of Jesus. Okay? It says that you be strengthened with might in the inner man. Okay, what is the inner man? Okay, that is the person that only you and God know. That is when you know it's it's uh, nobody nobody else is around it's just you and God, and Paul prayed, "I want you to have something inside, okay, I want you to know what it is like to be full of Jesus there. I want that to fill you up. I want you to have something really that gets on your insides and and uh, makes you stable, if you will, uh, through difficulty. I want you to experience this. I want you to know what this is like. I want you to get it from the inside out, the inner man. I want you to be rooted and grounded. We had, uh, in front of our house, uh, we have a rose of Sharon, very pretty rose of Sharon. It's kind of bluish-purple. Uh, and then it's surrounded by two azalea bushes. Well, the azalea bushes went to be with Jesus a while back. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, we replaced them with two new azalea bushes. And uh, the one like, this last year was beautiful. I mean, it was colorful when it was supposed to be colorful, green when it was supposed to be green. The other one got a couple of leaves and everything like that. Fred's Fred kept saying, we're going to have to replace that again. And being cheapskate, I said, no, we can save it. Uh, water it some more. Um, it, it'll but uh, finally, last week, actually, we said, okay, she had bought 50 bucks for one of them things that you like yeah Uh, hydrangea I was like you gotta be kidding me but anyway uh, sorry a little personal conversation there for a second but uh, she brought this home she said I want to put this in in place of the azalea so I walked over with my shovel to dig up the azalea put the shovel in kind of moved around a little bit and just kind of grabbed the bush and came right out and it was still you know the the ball was still there you know and and it had never broken up it it never uh, never gotten down any roots or anything like that so that, that whole idea of it just never got there. It never got rooted. It never got grounded. What do we want to pray for the people that we love in our lives? What do we want to be ourselves? We want to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. We want to have something. Listen, we know. Do we not know? We're not going to stop the storms of life. They're going to hit us. Okay, we need to be rooted and grounded. Have a gut full of Jesus that He has filled me up in that way. Okay, we not only want a gut full of Jesus, but I'm going to use this word here. We also want a house full of Jesus. There's a phrase in there, it says that Christ may dwell in you. Okay, if you study that word dwell, what it has, it first has the idea of it, it, it means down, it has the word down in it, and then like into our homes. And I think it is accurate to say what he's saying there is we want to be in a place where Jesus is settled down into our lives. Okay, he's settled. He's at home in our lives. You ever, well, friends and I like to do, you know, these uh, VRBOs and stuff like that. Some of them are very nice and we enjoy them, stuff like that. But there's always something that, you know, I'm back home. But this is home. I mean, this is, this is where I'm most comfortable. Well, we want the spirit of the living God. We want Jesus Christ in our life to dwell in us deeply like that where it's, it's like more and more there's a comfortability there. Hey, this is, you know, he's welcome there. I hope you don't think like this because it's kind of weird, but I am betting some of you do. Um, let's say I'm coming to your house for a visit. Okay. Some of you would be like, oh, the pastor's coming. We need, to, by the way, that always cracks me up. I spent most of my life not being the pastor. I was on staff, but I wasn't like the pastor. So when people say the pastor's coming, I always look around, you know. <laughs> Where is he? Uh, like that. So it cracks me up when people say this. But Some people are like, oh, the pastor's coming. We need to, maybe there's a book we want to move to the back and some other books we want to put out front uh, the pastor's coming maybe we need to rearrange some things in the refrigerator uh whatever like that oh the pastor's coming now I hope you don't think like that but I know sometimes people do I don't want you to think like that about me and if you do you don't know me very well however however I do want you to think like that about Jesus is are the things in my life uh, start with your house are the th- my checkbook i like to hide that from Jesus, um, but uh, start, are the things in my life such that I would be embarrassed, or are they such that he would be comfortable in my life? Because I want him to to dwell in my life freely. I want, him, I want him to have that. I want him to be full. I want to be full of him and who he is. So we want to have a gut full of Jesus. We want to have a house full of Jesus. The third thing we'll say is we want to he- have a head full of Jesus. There's some phraseology in chapter 3 that when you look at it, uh, in the verses we read, it's a little confusing because it says that you may know the, and paraphrasing a little bit here, but the things that you can't know. OK, I'm sorry. Let me let me go back and, re- and read exactly what it sa- says. OK, that uh, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints about the love of God. But the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. OK, I want you to know what is beyond knowledge. That's kind of kind of an awesome idea. I want you to, to, to get a little glimpse of this love of Jesus Christ and. said this before, I am a very strong believer in that I can logically present the case for Christ and the reasons to believe and everything like that, but somewhere in there, logic is not going to finish the story. There's a supernatural work of God's Holy Spirit that helps us understand who he is and helps us to understand things that are beyond this knowledge level that I get, understanding the love of God, that I can understand what the breadth of it is, that it is worldwide, that I can understand the depth of it. Even when I mess up and I foul up big time, God has reached down into the depths of where I am, that I understand the length of it, that it is eternal, that I understand the height of it, that it reaches all the way to glory. God wants us to uh, get a hold of this idea of, of uh, his just an incredible love. Again, a love that, that uh, you know, is beyond really our ability to comprehend there. What will help keep people from falling away from God? That their inner man be strengthened. That their life becomes a place where Jesus can settle down in. That we have a knowledge that is even beyond what seems logical. I want to take just a minute and show a couple minutes of a video to help you kind of process this a little bit before we go to the final thing that we want to talk about here. So watch this with me for a minute if you would. You're tough. You're
1: ready. You've had your diaper changed, your bottom wiped, your boo-boos kissed, your food mushed up and spooned into your cute little mouth. You've been burnt, pacified, and rocked to sleep. You know every farm animal and the sound they make. You understand that the wheels on the bus go round and round. When nature calls, you've been trained how to answer. You are ready. You've experienced the horror of realizing you followed the wrong set of legs in the supermarket. You look both ways before you cross the street you've banged your head on the coffee table you've had your skin knees, your black eyes and your busted lips green eggs and ham the golden rule God is great God is good you know these things you've been grounded timed out curfewed defoned and disciplined and now it's time you've learned to close the door but don't slam it you say please and thank you you don't hit your sister you've heard the same nuggets of wisdom over and over life isn't what happens to you but how you react to it cheaters never prosper When I was your age, I had a full-time job. You've checked the math. And two wrongs really don't make a right. You survived that really awkward talk about the birds and the bees. You'd never admit it, but you even learned a thing or two. You've been confronted when you were slacking. You've been expected to live up to your potential. You've heard those same old stories again and again. The ones about character, integrity, purpose, doing things the right way, faith and family first. You've learned to finish what you start. You've seen that this family doesn't take shortcuts, and we certainly don't just live for ourselves. you packed groceries when your friends were on summer vacation. You built orphanages in the Dominican when your friends were just there for the beach. You've been dragged to church, even those years when you didn't see the point, when it wasn't cool. No dust ever settled on this bad boy. That thing's been cracked time and time again until it's gotten in. And now you're leaving, spreading your wings. You're going out on your own. And everything you've been taught is going with you. Oh, you couldn't write it all down on the spot. You couldn't list it out with pen and paper. But it's in there, rattling around inside that brain, waiting for the moment when you need it most. Cause, by the grace of God, we've been putting it there since the day you were born. By what we've said and what we've done. That's why you're finally ready. Cause you're homemade.
0: I think the things of this video get in the category of things that we can and should do, okay? We want to prepare uh, people, and we want to be prepared. We want to be ready. However, I think most important is that we understand that if a person's life is truly filled with Jesus Christ, okay, he's strengthening us in the inner being. Okay, we're learning to walk with him. We, we, we learn to know him better, and we're growing and stuff like that. Then that f- full life does not have to be filled with other things. Okay, now what happens in, in so many cases, there is an emptiness in people's lives that they're looking to fill. That's We can explain that in a lot of ways. And, you know, you think of, oh, yeah, they fill it with drugs, and they fill it with alcohol, and they fill it with uh, with uh, sex and they fill it with uh, you know all these different things that we think are going to be harmful, but sometimes it's filled with busyness, sometimes it's filled with work, sometimes it's filled with education, sometimes it's filled with anything else. I listen to Francis Chan this week, just you know, make the statement that if you're looking to have everything this world has to offer in Jesus too, you're not going to get it. okay? But what we what Paul is praying for is, hey, I want you to be filled. I want Jesus to be settled down in your heart so that you 're ready to go there so how do we get how do we make this uh practical? you know what do we do about this? the first thing i I think that we need to to do is model reality now i 'm going to say one of the stupidest things you'll hear uh you can 't fake reality <laughs> Uh, that was a, that was good, Dan. Um, you, you get that? Uh, stay with me here. Come on, somebody smile or something. So I think somebody's listening. You can't fake reality. You can't. Okay. Now we live in a world that is so absent of reality. Okay, I I told you before, I I don't know, 20-some years ago, I read this pilot for this plan for a television show where they took a bunch of people and stuck them out on an island, and they'd vote one off every week, and the one that left got a million bucks, and I thought, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) It's a good thing I wasn't in the planning meeting. I would have cost them millions of dollars. But uh, that is still going on today, the old uh, Survivor, and uh, reality TV has just gone bonkers. Whether it's romance, whether it's, you know, <laughs> naked and afraid, uh, wh- whatever, uh, reality TV is Every <laughs> Sorry, that's the one that popped into my head. Um, but, uh, you, know, e- you know, reality TV is, I think we realize, though, isn't really reality. I mean, even the musical shows, you know, they have to do a production of so-and-so's. Yeah, my great-great-aunt gave me my first harmonica, and she died 20 years ago, so I'm doing this for her. You know, they have to dramatize everything. In fact, even our news is more of a production. So we, we really have a world that is in search of reality, but can't find it, okay? We can call it reality. But I think you know that most of those little couples where the guy gets the rose or however that goes, or the girl gets the rose, are not in it for the long haul, <laughs> made for a nice TV show, but, uh, but, but that's not reality, and people need to see reality. Now, I say that very simply. We are not going to be perfect, but our loved ones know if we're real. They'll figure that out eventually, Okay. And it, they'll know if the real desire of my heart is to walk with Jesus Christ. It'll, it'll, it'll be, it will be obvious if that is if that is where I'm going. So the first thing that I would say if we're going to do this, we're going to model, but then going back to our text again, we most definitely want to be praying, and we want to be praying, if you will, like Paul prayed. Um, I have somebody in my life that I pray for that I'm concerned. Would we'll just say I'm concerned about the amount of alcohol consumption. Uh, I'm concerned about their habits there. And uh, so when I pray for them, here's how, you know, I kind of th- honestly, here's what I pray sometimes. God, please keep them from doing anything stupid. Please keep them from ruining their life, you know, whether it's drunk driving or this and that. And that's what I pray a lot of times. But as I looked at that this week, I changed my prayer for this individual. And I just said, God, would you please give him? Would you draw him into a relationship with you? Would, would you help him to seek after you? Would you pull him in? God, that he may know you, that he may have a life from which he doesn't need to escape, uh, from that he may have a life where he's walking with you and in fellowship with you. Um, I have another person in my life I pray for regularly because of phys, physical ailments. And uh, I, th- I thought the same thing. You know, I'm praying that, yeah, you know, this will get better and feel better here and guide doctors and everything like that. By the way, I'm not mocking those prayers. I'll still probably pray, hey, keep him from doing things stupid. I'm still going to pray for the health of this individual. But I wanted to add in their prayer, God, <laughs> maybe, maybe he's never really going to get healthy. Lord, I pray that he'd know you and know eternal life. Lord, I pray that he'd have something better than life on this earth, that he'd have Jesus and he'd have eternal life and start to really pray in that direction. Think through, if you would, the people in your life and how you could pray and maybe it is just pray this prayer. Go to go to Ephesians chapter 3. Read through this and pray this specifically with their name in it. Um, uh, Frances is down the hallway today. so uh, And she hasn't been listening to my sermons lately online. I don't know what the deal is. But uh, I think she still loves me, but she's just had enough of my preaching, I I, I guess. but uh, So I think I can say this without uh, it getting back to her. But I have been <laughs> – no, it's not like that. Um <laughs> I've been, honestly, uh, I've been burdened. She, uh, she, she hadn't, and again, I'm not saying our problems are worse than anybody else's or anything like that, but she's had, she had about a nine month spell where um, she was at the funerals for two of her best friends, her dad and, and her, um, her favorite aunt. And, you know, and I'm, you know, I was just hurting for her. And my, my natural tendency is to pray and say, Hey God, would you, could you give her a break? uh yeah could you you know could you just give her a little break for a little bit you know maybe just some good news coming her her way or whatever like that but then more than anything i this week was reminded no i want to pray for her that uh she be strengthened inside <laughs> She likes to spend time in the morning listening to little praise songs and everything like that. Lord, help her to keep doing that. Help her to keep just stopping and focusing on you. Help her to do that. Help her to be strengthened. Help her to know the incredible love of God that surpasses even my love for her. Would you help her to know that? Would you give her that glimpse of eternity and the truth of God? Would you help her to see that? Help her to know what I can't uh, even begin to know. Uh, know, Or or I can't even begin to communicate to her, I I guess I mean like that. And my encouragement to you today, listen, I don't want to in any way belittle the, the prayers that I talked about at the, at the beginning. Yeah, pray those prayers. You pray for the sick people. You pray for uh, safety and travel. You, you pray that they'll have a nice vacation, uh, pray things like that. But can we, if it is not part of our lives, can we really strive to add this kind of prayer? And I would say especially maybe for our children. That we would pray God more than anything. I want them to get a good education. Good, pray that. God, I want them to have the right kind of friends. Good, pray that. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully, you pray if you have young children. Pray about their spouses. You know who who that'll be. Pray those things. But more than anything, if we could focus on praying that the God of the universe would strengthen them inside out, that they would be filled. That They would know what it's like to have a gut full of Jesus where, they, hey, this is what I have in my life. I, You know, this is my center. This is my rock. This is my strength. A house full of Jesus where he has taken up residence uh, and he dwells in there comfortably because of the way I'm living and that's where I want him to be. That my mind uh, can can even see some things that can only be taught by the Holy Spirit. That I can understand some things that, that, that uh, just in my mental capacity about the love of God and everything else that I. I am not going to get, but that I get it because God works in my life. Now we're going to take in a few minutes. We're going to worship the Lord some more, and and uh, some of us are going to get ready for a baptismal service. But I want to tell you, you're going to meet a few folks today that I don't know how to say this. They got it from the standpoint of uh, God has showed them that they needed a Savior. They've trusted in Jesus Christ as that Savior. And, uh, and they want to let you know that their faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. So that's what they're going to do today. They're going to do that. But, uh, but you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, we're going to do, I think it's January 12th, we're going to do a, we're going to call it Pancakes and Parenting. We're going to have a parent, little parent workshop here. And I'm excited about that, and I want to share some of the practical steps that's a good idea. I'm not belittling the practical steps at all or the books on parenting or anything like that, that that is founded in the Word of God. But my thought that just overwhelmed me this week was job one, job one. and No matter, by, by the way, this is in no way a shame message, okay? If you're sitting there saying, oh, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that that's not where we are and that's not what we do. What we do is we stop and say, God, I'm going to move forward from here. And uh, this, this is to say tomorrow when you pray, let's, let's focus in this way. And, and, and I need to say this, too. This is also not a foolproof plan. You I mean, we pray like that. Got to guarantee uh, our kids, our loved ones are, uh, are going to make some decisions that have nothing to do with us. And sometimes those are very bad decisions and I walk away and I'm going to pray then. But I want you to know this is not, I, I want to shame you you know, in, in any way. Uh, I'll say often by the grace of God listen, I know my kid's dad and the fact that they're seeking to follow the Lord to me is one of the biggest miracles in the world. And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for that. But that's what I'm saying. It's not about us. So therefore, let us Here's here's an idea. Somebody should put this in a song. When we fight, we ought to fight on our knees. With our hands lifted up. By the way, uh, in that passage, Paul said he fell on his knees. The posture of our prayer is not what's important. The posture of our body is not what's important. What is important is the posture of our heart. Okay, that our heart be bowed before who he is. Uh, On your knees, great. Walking, walking great. Sitting, great. Uh, but the posture of our heart that stops and says, uh, I want to fight this battle. I want to fight the battle for my marriage. I want to fight the battle for my kids. I want to fight the battle for my grandkids. I want to fight that battle on my knees. Now, the next song we're going to sing, and guys, why don't you uh, start making your way up here, worship team, if you would. Uh, the next song that they're going to sing talks a little bit, or a lot, actually, about our identity, who we are in Jesus. And that's what I want us to get. I want, if we get that idea that this, you know, this is not, you know, how can I, what's the step I can specifically do? Give me something to do, and then I'll be right with God. Is so much about. There are things like that, but there's so much about a relationship that we have in him that what he has done. May I encourage you, if you haven't, go back and read through the first few chapters of Ephesians. Look what God has done. Unsearchable riches. Eternal life made us alive. Look what he has done in your life. This song, this first song we're going to sing gives us a little chance to celebrate that. But I know we're out of order today, but I hope you can focus here and get our attention on worshiping God for a few minutes. Give a few of us already uh, time to get ready for baptism. Our Father. um, Father. I really do, God, uh, whether I say it in Spanish or English or whatever like that, I think this is just so crucial that our lives be centered in you. Uh, Lord, I realize that I might be talking a foreign language to some people in here because they don't know what it's like uh, to trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And, Lord, I didn't take a lot of time to explain that today. So, you know, I pray that your spirit would give them an uneasiness, (laughs) give them no rest. Uh, in drawing them to You. Uh, Lord, may we just know how much we need You, and may we seek to fight the battles of this life which are so real. May we seek to fight them on our knees, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.